The following podcast is a Bostic Media production. If you are following me on Instagram, you know that I just made a spicy cauliflower pizza. That spicy cauliflower pizza is going to be in the Skinny Confidential Body Guide that is coming out, the new and improved revamped body guide in February. I teamed up with Kim Kelly, who's my trainer. She's been training me for the last year and a half, and we are doing like a whole revamp of the body guide. We have literally every single skinny recipe in this guide. It's going to be insane, all ones that we use all the time, and we have all our workouts. We put our heads together and took pictures. If you follow me on Instagram, you already know this. We are editing them right now, and all this content is going in this guide. If you're already a member, you'll obviously have access to this. The workouts are quick. They're efficient. Like I always say, you can do them while you're watching Real Housewives. And there's intervals, skinny hacks, and even cocktails. So definitely check it out. There's a community of women, too, that you can connect with on the platform. All you have to do is go to members.theskinnyconfidential.com and use the code him and her at checkout for 20% off for all listeners. Again, go to members.theskinnyconfidential.com and use the checkout code him and her for 20% off. I know you guys are going to love this. It is definitely so much content in one place and it's pretty and you're just going to love the aesthetic and the food is so good. All right, let's get into the show. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Aha. Welcome back to the Skinny Confidential, him and her show. Today we have Dr. K on the show. Dr. K is a cosmetic plastic surgery head and neck surgeon. On the show, we discuss preventative measures, which you know I love, misconceptions around plastic surgery, finding individual healthy balances when it comes to procedures, hyperpigmentation, you know my sun mustache, fat transfers, facial hair, and ethics between surgeons. For those of you who are new to the show, I am Lauren Everett. I created The Skinny Confidential seven years ago, which is kind of nuts. The Skinny Confidential is now an online community. You guys have to join the secret Facebook group if you're not joined. It's kind of like a medley. We discuss everything from peel pads to facial massage to blow drops to books. It's also a podcast, obviously, a book, a YouTube channel, and a blog. And I'm Michael Bostick. I also talk about blow jobs, books, and other things, but not in a big group, just mostly by myself. I love um, to throw something shocking in there for yeah. you. I'm an entrepreneur, investor, and business owner. I specialize in business development and direct-to-consumer sales. Over the last 10 years, I've developed, helped to develop, and manage businesses in the online space. You also specialize in blowjobs. Oh, God. I knew that was coming somewhere. You know I had to throw that in. I just love to like sh- throw a shocker in just to make your mouth drop. So, um, what's up this weekend? Michael is still sober. I made it. Oh, yeah. Still sober. Been sober for two weeks now. I feel like you needed to throw me the shock value today because, like, you just decided to completely, I don't even know, shape your mustache. What is that? Well, I had a, I had a beard for a while, and then, you know, whenever I get rid of a big beard, I like to, at least for a while, get a little mustache. So, but I have a big mustache. They, my, the office is calling me Wyatt Earp, you know. 
Okay. Tombstone. All Kurt right. Russell. I don't know what you're talking Snake about. Snake Plissken. It looks like a, a rat tails on your face. So while I was out having drinks with my friends, maybe too many drinks, uh, you were shaving your mustache. And you know what's fun is when you shave your mustache in my bathroom by my office that's pink and you leave those little trimmings of hair all over the sink. Yeah, it's almost as fun as when you shave your legs and you leave not trimmings but bushels of hair in our drain. And I love to shave with your razor. Ugh, it works God. so well. That's uh, how people get sick. Right? Oh, God, Michael. All right. Well, Michael's sober. How long have you been sober for? Two weeks. Good for you. Going another two months. So. Are you serious? Yeah, I think I'm going to go uh, mid-March unless anything changes. But I think yeah, I'm not missing that at all either, to be honest. You aren't? Nope. I'm focused. Hyper-focused. Going strong. You're like obnoxiously focused though because you spring out of bed. Tell everyone how you spring out of bed. It's spring out of bed. I attack the day. No, I'm working. you guys, he springs out of bed. I want everyone to feel terrible about themselves. I'm sober oh my God. in the gym. I'm working hard. Okay, we get it. I'm leading by example, Lauren. Michael, I'm springing out of bed too, but I just don't want to be talked to for two hours. I don't ask for much. You, you say you don't ask for much as you ask um, for everything. So I don't, I don't agree with that at all. Okay? Oh my God. I just got a peek at your, at your hymn tip. This should be interesting. I'll, I'll let you go first. Okay. Um, my hymn tip is super quick this week. Okay. And it's not really necessarily a tip, but it's a hint or a purchase, a hint to a purchase. So I love sleep masks and I have the worst time finding a good one. I've really, I've gone over, like you've seen them. I've, I don't know how many sleep masks I've been through with you, but a lot. And I never seem to be able to get the, the right one, but I found one on Amazon. It's called the Lone Froat. I think I'm, I hope I'm spelling that right. It's L-O-N-F-R-O-T-E, deep molded sleep mask. And I love it because it's super comfortable and goes around your head, but it's got this like, it's almost like fly eyes, you know, like I was wearing it earlier and you said I look like a fly, but that's what it feels like when you're wearing them because it's not mashed up against your eyes. They have like these little cups and it's completely black inside um they say it has a unique blocking light design um called the human engineering contour which what i don't know what the hell that is but basically it's like you have these fly eyes super comfortable blocks almost all the light i like it because you can open and close your eyes when you're wearing it you know I mean? you know like when you're wearing other sleep masks and you have your eyes closed and you open them and your eyelids scrape against the sleep mask no i'm not that experienced with sleep masks so anyways this one you can open your eyes open and close and you don't notice it so it's, a, it's perfect. Um, it's fully adjustable. It's nice on the skin. And I like it because, you know, if I need to get to sleep and you're on your computer or whatever, I can put my noise-canceling headphones on, which we've talked about in the past, and then throw these on. And I'm basically in my own world, you know? Pitch black, have my headphones on, can't hear anything. It's amazing. So, again, that's the Lone Froat, L-O-N-F-R-O-T-E, deep molded sleep mask. And the best part is it's only 10 bucks. So it's super cheap and for people like me um, who've had their nose broken multiple times, which we'll get into on this show, it's comfortable for every nose size, you know, so you could have big one, small one, crooked one, sideways one. That's and it's extremely creepy, Michael. I'm, I'm telling you, this is the one. Okay. I probably don't look too cool with the mustache and the, the thing. And, no, it's a lot for me to and handle. The, and the headphones, but I'm telling you, if you guys like sleep masks, especially if you travel this is the one. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love a good sleep mask. My favorite one is my silk sleep mask because it's really good for wrinkles, but I'm just not a connoisseur. Like I don't, I haven't tried 8 million of them. I'm I telling you, know th- what I like. This is the one. 
check it out. And listen, this is not even paid. It's not sponsored. It's not paid. I just love it. You know, they should be sponsoring me. Should be paying me, but I'm telling you, no one wants to sponsor this you is to look like a fly with a rat tail on your lip. Lone Throat, <laughs> get out there. I'll be your man. Oh, hit, hit me up. I'll I'll be out there modeling this fly mask. Okay, let's get into my tip. I feel with like my mustache. My tip is kind of going with your theme because it is something you wear on your face. So there's this new gadget that I'm really loving. I've been using it for the last two months, and it's only 19 bucks. So I, the whole thing is just a great situation. It's a light therapy mask. So light therapy helps eliminate acne causing bacteria that causes inflammation. This is really important, guys, if you have acne or um, you get rashes or anything from touching your face, you want to get rid of that bacteria. The mask that I have is a light therapy mask. Like I said, it's by Neutrogena. It's 19 bucks and there's tons of benefits. So it helps clear acne. It allows your skin to heal. It helps with blackheads. Oh, I just love it. And the blue light targets that nasty acne bacteria. Um, of course, you know, I'm a freak about light and sunlight on my face, but this is UV free, which is amazing. This is a light that I've used forever because I used to use it with Lindsay from Browtique and I still do use it with her. But, uh, you know, if I'm home and I just want to use it when I'm on the go, I can use my $19 mask. It's a little creepy looking. Michael's a little scared of it. I'm going to do a whole post on it tonight on the Skinny Confidential so I can explain how to use it and share all the juice with you guys. Um, and like I said, I know I look like a fucking psycho walking around the house. Um, but, you know, light therapy. Everyone's got to do it. Once you start, you won't stop. I'm telling you, it's a thing. Your bacteria will be gone. Dr. K is a board-certified facial plastic surgeon and specialist of head and neck surgery. She completed her surgical training at UCLA and is a member of the American Academy of Facial Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery. Her other specialties include ear disease, hearing disorders, cancers of the head, neck and facial skin, sinus surgery and allergies, radiofrequency surgery for snoring, I could have used that before jaw surgery, and voice disorders, that is a lot. As both an artist and a surgeon, Dr. K offers both surgical and non-surgical cosmetic procedures, such as Botox, facial filler, as well as facial plastic and reconstructive surgery, laser surgery, and facial rejuvenation. So what I like about her is she's known for how natural she is in the industry. She's from LA. She works in LA. She's also totally with it and has a bomb-ass Insta account at Beauty by Dr. K. She gets into it, guys, on her Instagram. There's butt filler, lip filler, microneedling happening, the works. It's kind of insane. She also has a skincare line, which I'm very much about her serum. It's awesome. Her skincare Instagram tips and tricks align perfectly with the Skinny Confidential. I kind of scoured her Instagram. So her top five tips, wash your makeup off every night, no exception. It helps fight acne. Use antioxidants to stop sun damage lots of vitamin C. Start with an eye cream in the AM and PM to help the delicate eyelids prevent wrinkles. Be religious about sunscreen. You know what I think about that. And facial pads and microneedling every two months. She also says, do not forget the neck, chest, boobs, and hands. I'm all about the neck, chest, boobs, and hand area. So with that, on that note, you won't be surprised that we asked her on the show. Dr. K, welcome. This is the Skinny Confidential, him and her. 
Okay, Dr. K, how did you get into plastic surgery? I love the anatomy of the face. So that's how I got into it. Actually, my dad is a head and neck surgeon, so I think part of it's just in my system. But I grew up as an artist. I've, I'm a sculptor. I'm a writer, actually, and I love to paint and draw. And human form is my most favorite thing to do. So I love the anatomy of the head and neck. It's the most complex of the entire body. And I love that you can engage with the patient just eye to eye, face to face. So that's faces are my thing. So how did you go from loving art to where you are now? Years, years of um, studying, years of school. So, you know, four years college, four years med school, two years general surgery for body and full stuff, and then four years of head and neck surgery, and then subspecializing in facial plastics. So it's a lot of training. But um, I really decided to focus on aesthetics because I know the anatomy of the head and neck, and I studied with cancer resection, reconstruction, trauma, and then I decided I love the idea of building people's confidence. So. That's crazy. So yeah. you started in a kind of a completely different area as an MD. Well, I started in head and neck surgery. So it's the same anatomy, but more with the focus on on reconstructive and cancer and functional, like breathing, helping people with deviated septums, sinus surgery, snoring, sleep apnea issues. I didn't mean to point at you, Michael. No, it's, it's, it's you know just what? coughing. Yeah. yeah, we should have pointed at her. She used to, before, like, she had jaw surgery, She was, it sounded like a chainsaw going mm -hmm. off. Yeah, I had double jaw surgery, so I'm really, I feel like I've been around the block when it comes to everything you're talking about. Yeah. Ear, nose, and throat is what you started in before you did plastic surgery? That is the old terminology, so we call it head and neck surgery these days because it encompasses everything from the top of the cranium to the clavicles. And what kind of plastic surgery do you specialize in now? I do facial plastics, and then um, so that includes like eyelid, rhinoplasty, facelift, neck lift, liposuction of the neck, um, lasers, injectables, Botox, all of that. And are you and butts and butts? <laughs> and we're going to talk about butts. I have a hundred questions about that. Yes. So, are you seeing things going more towards the filler Botox than than actually going under the knife and doing plastic surgery? I would say very much so which as a surgeon is a little hard because I love to operate. Like the operating room is my arena and I love it. Um, and I do a lot of rhinoplasty and eyelid surgery still. But I think th my demographic right now is my kind of young like me. So it's 18 to about 40, 40 something. And patients are not really up for downtime unless it's something like they've always wanted to fix their nose or their eyelids are really heavy. Everybody wants something quick. Quick and easy. And that sounds like it sounds like very much the social media generation. So very can you much. can you look at someone like me and be like, okay, this guy in ten years is going to need this, or he's going to need this, or yes. you can't. Okay, so what am I what am I in for here? <laughs> oh my God! Let's just cut to the chase. <laughs> he, he's going to want you to tell him a whole book about himself. Hey, I got a I got an hour here. I might as well just I might you as well might just. As well. Or is this going to make me stay up at night? No. Um, but it's going to give you attention, like areas to focus on with your skincare and just like starting to think about things early. I think the best thing in this day and age is if you see a little problem and a thing that you don't like on your face, you can tweak it. You don't have to do a major overhaul, which in our mom's days and grandma's days, all they had is oil of Olay and ponds and facelift. And that was it. And we have so many tools in between. So they waited and waited, and then it's like you're using those two tools, oil of Olay and the ponds, and then all of a sudden it's like, boom, facelift, and you have to have this massive. Pretty much, yeah, yeah, right? And these days there's like, I see patients in their 20s routinely now that are doing preventative Botox, 
And there's a lot of controversy about that, but I'm a big believer. There's no reason to make your skin wrinkle over and over. Skin's like a piece of paper. The more you fold it, the more it creases. Even when you unfold that paper, it has maintained those creases after years of, cr of crinkling. I got Botox when I was 22 years old. Really? Um, I've been getting it forever. I don't get a ton. I just get baby Botox. And I remember I was driving and I looked in the mirror when I was 22 and I saw a line forming. And I thought to myself, why would I make this get deeper? Exactly. Like, let's nip this shit in the bud. Exactly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I'm not saying it's for everyone, but for me, I just, I, I didn't understand why I would make something get deeper and deeper and deeper. Well, I know there's a lot of men listening, or not a lot of men, there's a lot of women listening, but for men, you know, I've never put any thought into anything like that. And recently, I'm doing this podcast with Lauren and hearing more people speak on it. They're like, okay, you should start doing Botox. Do you recommend that for, let's say, 31-year-old man, or do you say, wait a little bit? No, definitely start now because you already have three little crinkles across your brow. You could see Sorry that. to tell you. It's, no, it's okay. <laughs> I, um, I'm, I'm, I, Lauren tells me all the time. But doing your evaluation from over here, and I like to do a full like beauty evaluation. When I see a patient, I'll start from, I'll do upper face, mid face, lower face. So in your upper face, you're lifting your brows a lot. And yeah. one of the reasons is because you have a little heavier eyelid skin. So you're using these brow muscles all the time to lift those eyelids up a little more than you want to. And, you know, Botox helps because it can, if it's placed correctly, you'll get a brow lift effect from it. So oh, wow. That's funny because his, um, his grandmother is full Japanese. Really? Yeah. So that oh. makes total sense what you're saying. You yeah. couldn't tell looking at me? I couldn't tell. <laughs> she she hasn't, you. she, you've told her, her your whole life story <laughs> no, already. No, before before okay. the interview, I was telling her whole life story. But no, um, nobody would ever, I don't think it. My sisters, you can tell a little bit more. I want to talk about yeah. trends. Yes. What are the trends right now that you're seeing people come in over and over and over again? Well, one trend is, as per Michael, new, it's men coming in early, and it's mainly for their eyes. Because poor guys, they can't wear makeup, they can't wear concealer, they just got to get stuck with crinkles. So all the guys are doing Botox for the forehead and around the crow's feet, and I'm doing a lot of under eye filler for men and for women. So one big trend is under eye filler. Like if you're sick of wearing concealer, it's pretty simple and effective treatment to use a little syringe, half a syringe or one syringe under each eye. And it just photoshops the lines away. And it just doesn't that hurt because it's like right under your eye or does it not hurt at all? Well, I have a really amazing technique. I use a cannula. That's a blunt tip device that does not pierce any blood vessels. So I'd say like 95% of patients leave with no bruising and it's painless. And like my videos don't lie. They're like unedited. What do you think the biggest misconception is around plastic surgery? Because right? I when you know a lot of people get a lot of heat for doing it. And I think like you said in our parents' day it was, you know, a, a massive undertaking to do these surgeries. So what do you think now with young people thinking about it and there's the stigma of like, "Oh, you did plastic surgery." Like, how has the technology changed? How has it adapted? Like, what are misconceptions that are just not true? Mm -hmm. you, you get where I'm going with this? Yes. So I think that the bullying in plastic surgery is still there and people put each other down out of insecurity in themselves. And they should not because if you see something that's eroding away at your self-confidence and your self-esteem, you need to fix it and you need to fix it early. It's like letting a poor adolescent suffer with acne till the point that they have really scarred, damaged skin and their psyche is scarred. So I'm a big believer in just if something really bothers you, Fix we it. can fix it. As long as we have technology that's safe and effective and affordable, why not do it? So what do you do if you feel that a patient's going overboard? Like it's too much? I have a lot of patients that go overboard. And I 
I have to be the ethical, honest, um, you know, captain of the ship to say, you know what, let's not do that today. Or you're already looking a little bit like you've had enough filler. And I just keep bringing them back to nature, to reality, just like, you know, don't you want to look more natural? Or I could do two syringes or three syringes in your lips, but do you really want porn star lips? Because some people come and ask for porn star lips and others just don't realize that they're getting carried away. How much fix-it filler do you have to do? How many people come in to you and say, I got bad filler, can you fix Mm. this? It's sad, a lot. And I feel bad because I'm starting to get a bigger Instagram following, and so I'm getting these people who are in little cities where they don't have experienced injectors and they're going to any little medispa. And people, injectors now are trying things from watching Instagram videos. And it just kills me that people do this with no experience and they're practicing on patients. So, okay. So is, it like, is it like a tattoo artist though, where it's like you kind of, I mean, for these injectors where they have to kind of do it to get the experience, like how do they get? Yes. So unfortunately it is, there are going to be some people that are, let's call them the test subjects. But wait with this. Yes. I believe what you're saying is true, but I think that there's people that are more artistic naturally like mm-hmm. you and certain t- tattoo artists that don't have to practice as much because they're just naturally artistic. And I think when it comes down to doing filler or Botox, it does have to do with that a little bit. I think one thing you can safely tell people is like, do your research and look for a high volume injector. You don't want to go someplace where the person's doing their 10th lip injection. You need to see like me, I'm doing my 10,000th lip injection and someplace where you can see consistent, reliable results. And like word of mouth is always great if your girlfriends have tried something and they've come out looking pretty good, that's reasonable. But if you're doing a dangerous area like around your eyes, there's risk of blindness, there's loss of vision, you know, you you just can't mess around with that. It's just not worth it. So if we were to make the Skinny Confidential checklist for girls that are in the Midwest or wherever that don't have access to people like you, What are five or three or whatever things that they could ask the injector before they get injected that are just, you know, savvy questions? I love that. You should do that. You definitely should. Let's Let's make a checklist. Yes. We're putting it up. We'll put it up in the show notes. Yes. Amazing. So we'll do it off of of this checklist. Yes. 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 So we should definitely look for board certification and it should be in a specialty like, okay, first of all, try see a doctor. I know that there's a lot of nurse injectors out there. I know many of them are excellent. But really, you're going to get more experience with someone who's taken an anatomy class at least once. So if you can, see an MD. If you can't, then see an injector who's at least a nurse practitioner and make sure they have some certification. And that should be publicly available. Like when you call their office, you should be able to ask that. Okay. And then number two, look at their results. Look at their before and after pictures if they post them or their Instagram feed. You can get a good sense of somebody's, what they're doing by their feed, I think. And number three would be, Go in there and meet the person. If you're meeting some person who's just a sales pitch and then you don't get to meet the injector till they come in the room and they're ready to shoot you up, I would run from that. You need to have someone look at your face and decide with your tissues and your anatomy, this is what you need. This is my beauty plan for you and like to give you an assessment. So you don't want an inexperienced medical assistant or a technician to come in and give you a consult makes sense we'll put that little checklist in our show notes i like that what about is there certain brands that they should look for if they're getting botox or filler no there's all there's a brand name botox there's disport and there's zeman those are the three brands that are readily available in america they all should come with a box that's sterile that's opened in front of you that has a watermark you know there's ways to check the lot number and whatnot but look for an average price if you're finding the price way too good to believe 
it's not There's real. It's not yeah. real. You're like, getting diluted get product. Do not ever get a Groupon. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. <laughs> this should be the top of the checklist. <laughs> yes. Do not, if you're, Don't go if for you the cheapest Groupon, price. Quit it. Yeah. A lot of the girls um, that have gotten filler and had questions on this podcast have told me that they feel sometimes that the filler can dissipate quickly. Is there anything girls can do to keep the product from metabolizing? Well, girls that are athletic, slim, with a fast metabolism, you sometimes have that problem. And in a high motion area like the lips, definitely that can be a factor. And patients expect a lot from one syringe. When you're putting one syringe in your lips, just please remember, take out a teaspoon. Look at your teaspoon. One syringe is one quarter of a teaspoon. Wow. So it's a very small amount of product. Yes, it's super expensive. That's how it is. But really, generally, the face needs, you know, two to four syringes, I would say. So I, someone I like tell. Kylie Jenner, how many syringes does she have in her lips just by you looking at her? Three at all times. Wow. I would guess. And that's yeah. a lot. Yeah. You would say that's like maybe too much or no? No, I think it suits her. Like if you can rock that look, then more power to you. I agree. Everyone should do them, whatever works for them. Yes. I like big lips. I like natural lips. I'm able to do all of that. Also, that's another good point for your injector. Try to find someone who individualizes your treatment. Mm-hmm. You do not want someone whose every set of lips looks the same. You don't same. want to like cookie cutter. No, and in fact, the Kardashians all have kind of the same face, if, if you haven't noticed. I also think, too, you have to look at the shape of the face like and see, like, every, like you said, everyone's different. It's individualized. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about this new thing, and may, this is new to me, but liquid rhinoplasty. Yeah. I haven't heard a lot about this. Can you explain what that is? Yeah, so as a nasal specialist, and I do a lot of rhinoplasty where I'm in the operating room and actually putting a cast on, opening things up. This is a great alternative. So a surgical rhinoplasty might run you like $7,500. You're going to definitely be in the OR for two hours. You're going to wake up with a cast and a week of bruising and swelling. We were talking earlier. I didn't have that, right? I just had, what did they do to me? When, so we were talking you, earlier. You had a closed reduction of a fracture in an office setting. She <laughs> said She said basically like they gave me like the. The uh, wham, bam, thank the you. Get, the ghetto <laughs> version of like whatever. I was, it, People are going to think you have a nose job. No, no, <laughs> what we're going to talk about it right now. So I, uh, you know, younger, I used to buy and I got my nose broken a lot of times and it was broken really bad and so I went to get it fixed like I told you and they just re-broke it and then put this like pelican beak cast on it yes so they basically just you know pushed up the depressed fragment and then just put a little cast on you so sometimes they do that for athletes or people who are not super concerned about fitness ruined me for years yeah it's not great I don't love that if you ever break your nose please you know, come into a nose specialist and there's no rush. When you break your nose, you got a couple of weeks for swelling to go down. We want to fix it within two to four weeks, but like, don't go rush and have somebody just kind of don't do it. it don't do what I did kids. Don't go to the ER. They're not good at that. <laughs> so when you do liquid rhinoplasty, it's just filler in your nose. So liquid rhinoplasty as you know, as opposed to in the operating room, uh, liquid rhinoplasty maybe runs around a thousand dollars or so. It is a filler injection. It's used very creatively and you have to be a good artist at this. And I use it to fill the hump area. So if you want to disguise a hump, you're going to put some filler above and slightly below. And I also use it to mold and shape the tip of the nose. So to give the illusion of the light hitting a certain way. So paradoxically, you're adding volume, but you're adding it in a way that you have the right shadows and light reflex and contouring so it looks straight and lifted and how often wow. do you have to get that i don't want like that lasts a, about a year or up to 18 months because in the nose so lips move a lot and your filler might go away pretty fast but in the nose it's very stationary so it can definitely last a good solid year 18 months so we're talking like a lot about procedures right now but who do you 
who do you believe is like a perfect candidate for procedures like this? Like what kind of, I don't want to say personality traits, but what kind of mindset does that person need to be in to have a healthy balance of these procedures? I think you do just exactly like Lauren, like myself, like uh, a woman or a man who's confident and wants to maintain facial attractiveness. Like no matter who you are, mother nature, the sun, the planet, and just stress and time in modern age is going to age, you know, change your face. And if you want to prevent that, you need good skincare every day. You need a little touch of injectables because if you want to stop crinkling and then when you see sagging and drooping is when you're going to want to start some fillers. And what's someone that you meet where you say, uh, like maybe take like really think about this and maybe don't go down this path the perfectionist person so the person that over analyzes the person that has a hard time making a decision the person that wants everything exactly so perfect in every photo like that person is hard to picture in like they say i want to look just like angelina jolie i get that all the time (laughs) it helps me a lot if you're getting your lips done or there's some feature you want to enhance it really helps the surgeon to bring in a picture because we then we get your vibe and your aesthetic and what you like and what you want to project and then i can get add those features to your face in a way that matches your face that makes sense yeah what are the supermodels of 2017 2018 doing that's that's kind of I want to say stubble. St- stubble? Subtle. Oh, Subtle, God, yeah. The worst at pronouncing stuff. Um, <laughs> that That's not, you know, too much, but you can see as, as an artist and a surgeon that they're doing yes. that's making a difference. It's an interesting question. So definitely I'd say they're all getting their cheeks done and for sure they're all getting their lips done to the point that like I think our human brains are morphing to think that everyone's born with lips that are slightly bigger than (laughs) we're getting used to this new standard of what normal is where everyone has large voluptuous lips. I'm in some trouble. Yes. Because I have some tiny non voluptuous lips. But I mean, I, let's start with the Botox. Yeah. <laughs> one, so, step at a, one step at a time for so me. So Botox is pretty pervasive. And I think most models are getting just baby Botox, which I think is appropriate. Um, cheeks, for sure. A lot of that highlighting and contouring is actually cheek injections. And that gives them that sleek kind of model-esque cheekbone. The jawline injection is my one of my most popular fillers right now because it sculpts the back of the jaw, it pulls things, you know, it gets you a little taut neck. Okay, wait, I have a question beautiful. about that. So a lot of people have told me that, and I really want you to speak on this, if you inject the bottom of your face, it's going to pull the eyes down. Is that true? When you inject your jaw, is it like pulling the eyes downward? Well, it's like with every filler, like I see people injecting in an inexperienced way where they go get their cheeks done with Voluma and they pay all this money and they come out with round chipmunk cheeks that just don't look good. And it saddens me because it's the placement of the filler. It's not the filler. It's the technique. It's the art behind the skill behind knowing where to put it in someone's anatomy. Wow. Yeah. So when you inject the lower jaw, like I see that too. I think a couple of my videos went viral with the beautiful model getting her jawline sculpted. And since then I've seen like every injector put that jawline video up and they're all kind of doing it somewhat wrong. So that bothers me too, because right under this angle of the jaw, there is the very important facial nerve, the parotid gland, like all the branches of the nerves that control your muscle expression. And, you know, you don't want to get that screwed up. So you just inject behind your jaw and it gives you that like sleek sculpted look. Yeah. When you're feeling a little jowly around the mouth and you're tired of that and you just want this to be tighter and lifted, like that's what I need right now. Wow. That's (laughs) incredible. So I first heard about you on the Lady Gang and on there you talked about something I had never heard of called Kybella. 
Yes. I want you to talk a little bit about that um, just so I can kind of educate the audience because I heard about it. It sounds very interesting. It's kind of amazing. It's it's like a little miracle in a bottle. So it's a fat melting enzyme. So never have we ever had a shot that dissolves fat and is known and proven to work. Like there have been a lot of products injected in Europe like mesotherapy, but they don't really work. This actually dissolves fat and it's made from a natural enzyme that's in your digestive tract. It's in your gallbladder. It's called deoxycholic acid. And some genius had the idea to harvest that and then use it to dissolve discrete deposits of fat. And this chin fat is very resistant to exercise and weight loss. It's kind of hereditary fat. So there's nothing you can do about a double chin. It just is what it is. Lipo, chin lipo works. So a lot of people say, well, why not get lipo? Why do you want to do shots there? And and it just boils down to like spending like chin lipo is around 4500 so if you don't have a lot of fat it's maybe cheaper to melt it with kybella which is about 600 per vial i tell patients if you can pinch an inch plan on doing three vials yeah, we are all pinching an inch yeah. are we pinching an inch yeah i think i'll pinch michael's later yeah it's pretty sad that after age like 30 35 you can we can all pinch an inch you get the it's the cell phone curse <laughs> can yeah, i pinch an inch can someone pull out a measure so i can see if i can pinch I an inch i think i got three fourths right now yeah. um i feel like you have an inch <laughs> some of that might be your beard where if you can pinch two inches then six vials okay and how many times do you have to do it well, it's you can do two vials your first time and then one vial for follow-up if you want to go really fast. But otherwise, just once a month or whenever you have the time. Do you think that all the Kardashians and all these supermodels are doing things like this? Yeah, Khloe Kardashian was the spokesperson for Kybella. She was their model in their campaign, their chin-up campaign. So she was skinny not just for her revenge body, but for <laughs> because of her Kybella. And she looks amazing. And I think it's a great, it not only melts fat, but it tightens. So that little bit of looseness that we have under our chins, it just tightens right up. That's amazing. Can you use it in any other area other than your chin? Yes. So I'm a very advanced injector and I'm using it all over the body. So armpit fat, like this little third boob. I have a lot of models that get that little bit of fat that protrudes from their arm or brides that don't want it showing. Yeah, I call that boob fat. Yeah, the third boob. Yeah. And then um, inner thighs, muffin top. We've done like even like above Is muffin top okay to say? Yeah, why for not? me, for guys, isn't it? I love that I term. Mean, I think it's hilarious. Okay, Let's you have see. a little bit of a muffin top. So I got a muffin top. So judge, listen, it's the holidays. I got the muffin top. I'm just wondering if that's like, if it's okay to, if it's okay to like, still call it a muffin top. You got, I got to be careful navigating what's okay to say and not. But I'll like, give you permission. I like to call it a muffin top. It's yeah. funny, you know. Do you know where the banana roll is? I'm probably gonna say something wrong and get in trouble. <laughs> That's not what you're thinking. <laughs> I need to get my. What would? No, I maybe not. When are they going to make re- reverse Kybella for Wait, the, the penis? Bana- now I need to know. The, <laughs> what's the banana roll? Well, it's that little round, little bit of fat right under your butt. Like sometimes you have that little extra little chub right there that you don't need under your butt. He Let's doesn't have that. that the banana it's roll. It's a good thing you clarified. My answer was something completely different. <laughs> And then one really interesting thing, like sometimes women feel have a little bit of chubbiness right over their pubic bone and they just don't like it because yoga pants doesn't feel right. They feel awkward, you know, something that you can melt away like with two treatments of Kybella. And it's for good melted away? Permanent fat destruction. And it really works. And it really works. I would say the biggest downside of Kybella is that you swell for about four or five days. Wow. So on the lady gang, I think Kelty or one of them had done it and felt like she swelled like a bullfrog. 
it's not that bad. It's four days where other everyone can tell you're a little swollen, and the next four days only you think you're swollen, and then it's gone. It's well, kind of totally worth it. That makes sense. Um, I've talked about this a lot, but I, I told you I had jaw surgery, and I get really, really bloated sometimes in the morning. Yes. Is there anything that you recommend for that? or do you? Th- I mean, I've just been doing a lot of facial massage and getting the circulation going, and that seems to help. I think it's the lymphatic drainage that suffers after any big facial procedure like the jaw surgery, so that's perfectly right, the lymphatic the massage is great and um, other than that just to avoid salt and alcohol and things that'll bloat you does it ever go away does the lymphatic drainage ever get fixed or is it just something I'm gonna have to deal with for five million years when was your surgery it was four three years ago no it wasn't four three, three years, years ago? ago it was like it was in 2000 don't worry Michael has it archived and he can it show was you a June, picture I think it was June of two, <laughs> June of 2015 it's early yet, so give it some time. Okay. But yeah, it'll keep improving. Swelled like a big pumpkin head. And I'm sure you're swelling like only you can notice. You're very beautiful. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk a little bit about hyperpigmentation because I'm actually going to be coming into your office to get... Yes, I need are. to get my situation fixed. Yeah. What can someone do at home that's uh, besides stay out of the sun that's just going to really help that situation? So have you been trying my brightening pads? I've been trying your brightening pads. I love them. They're they're um, not hyaluronic. They're retinol, right? No. So well, they have like four ingredients. So number one is hydroquinone. Okay, that's, hydroquinone. That's what I was that's thinking. That's the bleaching ingredient that's been around for decades and has gone through a little bit of rough spot where people thought, oh, it's not safe, but in, now it's back in favor. It is definitely safe. So these have up to six, eight, or ten percent hydroquinone. And other bleaching creams out there like Obagi is only 4%. So okay. like 6, 8, and 10 is like a big boost. And then on top of that, you have vitamin C, which is a natural brightener, kojic acid, arbutin, bearberry. So a lot of natural lightening ingredients that are in there. And then the Retin-A, which exfoliates because you know not only want to bleach, but you want that brown skin to lift. So that's awesome to do at home. And if you're someone who wants to do a DIY type of thing, you can do a mask with a little bit of... Um, Probably using a little bit of lemon juice and then using baking soda, mix the two together and put that on all over. Turmeric in there is a great lightener too. So those are things you can do at home. That's a great idea to do a DIY mask. Yeah. I've been using your brightening pads um, and I think that it really, really helps. My question is, is there's a difference between melasma and hyperpigmentation, right? Or is it the same? There's a difference. There's a difference. So melasma is sort of that um, hormonal-based problem that's kind of pervasive throughout your dermis versus sunspots and photo damage, which are very easy to lift with bleaching creams and peels. Okay. So it's a combination of things. So hydroquinone will help attack that deep dermal melasma, like your sun mustache and that kind of thing. And also like, so one thing that causes melasma to remind your, all of the listeners today is like, stop doing repetitive threading and waxing because that is the very common cause of hyperpigmentation. Many of us have skin that inflames as soon as you just slightly bother it and pulling out hair follicles is really causing inflammation. So you'll get post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. I stopped waxing my mustache because it was getting really brown. Yes. And I started doing dermaplaning and I've noticed a difference from that. Do you think that's better? I think it's better as long as you don't mind doing that like once a month or so. It's perfect. I mean, I'd rather do that than have like, you should have seen it. It was like I had a Why can't she just laser the situation? You should. You can do laser hair removal. Blonde hair is a little harder to laser, but as long as you have, um, you know, little darker roots, laser hair is probably the best if you use a gentle, good laser. 
that won't hyperpigment you. Do you want to tell her why you're asking that? Well, we no, I just, it just seems like the logical choice is instead of having to... A couple times he's seen one black hair come out of my mustache, like when we're on the street. Lauren, I've told you multiple times, don't sell yourself short with just one. (laughs) You know? Um, How fun is that to work with your husband all day? You know, (laughs) I was trying to, like, I was, like, thinking, I was in the car and the sun was shining down on it and I was at a weird angle so I could, like, see it really glistening and I was like, okay, how do I broached this subject you broached it without making my wife feel you, you know, broached like it in front of hundreds of your, thousands of people take so out your swiss army knife and just i was kind of like i was kind of like going like rubbing my mustache and be like hmm, this you're is acting like, like i had a beard it was like one hair listen dude you were like two days away from full beard <laughs> I know it and so um no so i just told him like yo man this is you got something going on here it was two small black hairs you know what that's everyone's problem like you look in the mirror you're flawless and then you come home and you see like two like how come i didn't see this two years everybody no, and, has I, and i don't want women to think that that's a problem like it's not i'm not like oh my god a hair like i'm you know i'm an adult i get it but i was yeah. just thinking he wants to know why i don't do laser no i was just thinking like laser isn't laser is great it's laser more permanent, right it is yeah when you laser your permanent butthole i'll laser my mustache <laughs> that's the deal <laughs> okay so Sounds i want to like actually <laughs> talk about social media because i I'm thought you were just going to go into lasering buttholes but okay go, go <laughs> on to social media <laughs> We can talk about that. That was a weird segment. <laughs> wait, okay. wait, that might segue into sculpture butt injections, though. We're talking about that. We're okay. talking about that. Let's go to sculpture butts <laughs> and then we'll go to social media because I'm going to get thrown off if okay. we jump so quickly. Okay, so tell us all about the butt trend. <laughs> okay, that is a huge trend. So a lot of women went for the BBL where you do liposuction, Brazilian butt lift, um, where they take out your excess fat around your tummy to give you a real hourglass figure. And I think, again, this has been driven by the Kylie's of the world and also, you know, Brazil and places where people are in bathing suits all the time. Miami and Brazil are very popular. So, so they harvest the fat okay. in, in the process of lipoing your belly and giving you that hourglass shape, that extra fat. Instead of putting it in the trash, they're injecting it into your butt to get a very round, perky, nice booty. Does it stay in your butt? It stays because fat, when it's harvested properly, can take root and grow. But so it has it's a to fat be transfer. That's a fat transfer, a fat transplant. But the problem with these Brazilian BBL surgeries is that you cannot sit on that fresh fat. You have to use a special butt pillow for six weeks. You cannot lay on your butt or sit on. You, you, these ladies walk around with butt pillows, and they've invested. You know, a BBL costs like thirty grand or so. There's like more, no. There's no like going grand. on a flight. Oh no, no. In fact, you have to avoid pressure for all. Otherwise, you kill your good results. So that was the initial trend. And I think many women want a better booty, but they don't want to go through all that. So sculpture is a really great non-invasive way of growing your butt. So I'm doing sculpture butt injections. And if you haven't heard of sculpture, it is an amazing product. It's not a filler. It's a biostimulator. So it's a product that when you inject it, it actually turns on collagen production. There's nothing else like that in the filler world. And it's initially was, is, is FDA approved and used for the face. So I have 10 years of experience using it in the face where the most complex anatomy is. So it's really was a no-brainer for me to start using it in the butt. The butt cheeks are very simple and no complex anatomy at all. Um, but the idea being that wherever I put the sculpture, you're going to grow nice perkiness and increase volume. And you do a series of treatments, one a month to reach your goal size. And um, no downtime. Like you can go exercise, sit on your butt, do everything you want the very next day. So it's really, and it's a lot cheaper Definitely takes a while. If you want a really huge butt, it's probably not the choice for you. But if you want, like my clients want the Victoria's Secret kind of perky. They're athletic. They just want some more curves. Or they've been working out a ton and they just find it hard to grow lateral hip volume. 
So it's for sculpting and finessing a reasonably good butt. It's also for fixing cellulite, dimples, and areas where you feel like you're a little saggy. I can't believe this is such a huge trend with removing fat from the sides and putting it in the butt. But that now that I'm thinking about it, that's like exactly what the situation is. Is It's like they make this skinnier to make this bigger. Well, speaking yes. of trends, what happens... Okay, let's... Th- this is something that I've put some... I don't think about this a lot, but something that I've been putting thought into as we've been talking about this. What happens if it doesn't look like it's happening anytime soon, if maybe the Kardashian type trend goes out of trend and there's somebody new that comes up and they look completely different and that's the new trend. How do you take someone who's maybe done the, the butt injection or fillers and the lips and stuff and say, maybe that goes out of fashion. I'm not saying it is, but it does. How do you then go and jump on the other trend if you've already done all this work? Is there a way to reverse it or are you kind of yeah. just like, you did this and you're done? No, I mean, that's like the Pam Andersons of the world who've had their boobs fixed and they were too big and they took them out and fixed it. Or even like Chloe dissolved all her fillers or Courtney Cox had overdone her face at one point and then got it fixed. So I think that the, when you're approaching changing your body, like, come on now, be reasonable. This body, you have to grow old with. You have to look, you know, like a reasonable, beautiful woman. Have a standard of beauty that's going to grow with you and not age you. I think that's so true. And sometimes I think when you go overboard, it does age you because you get so caught in the trend. For instance, like th- like you said, the Pamela Anderson craze, that like matronly boob was so in. Mm-hmm. And now it's a little bit, you know, smaller, but still perky. Yes. So I think it's important to not go overboard or you can almost get caught looking older than you are. Yes. And don't go with trends. Like go with classic beauty. How can you ever go wrong if you're a classic beauty? Someone was telling me that, um, you know, overfilling your lips and covering your teeth is it makes you look so much older because it's youthful to show teeth. Very true. So there's things like that that I just think that women everywhere need to know before they commit to any kind of procedure. Like you never want to go too much. Yes. And then I think, you know, when you start doing filler at a very young age, it's important to start like very light handed. You can always come back. It's always good to start with just a touch let it settle in, make sure you love it. And most of our fillers these days are dissolvable and reversible. So there's really not a lot of harm if you're someone who's a little bit on the fence about doing your under eyes or your cheeks or your lips, like come in and just see an experienced injector. Like start slow. Start slow. It's always good to start slow. And then if you're not happy, you can dissolve it out. Well, I think too on the face, if you ever do anything, you like you look at your face every day in the mirror. So any little minor detail you're going you're gonna to think is a huge change, right? Yes. And that's why one thing with lips, it's so important to see a really good injector because women notice like the little millimeter of the asymmetry between one side and the other and it'll bug the heck out of you every day in the mirror when you brush your teeth and stuff and you notice that and you have to keep fixing it with your lipstick so you don't want to go someplace where they're going to do a fast cheap job and you uh, don't want to do drastic changes right away because you're going to no. uh, if you notice the minor stuff if you do something big you're gonna be like, holy hell like this is crazy you're gonna think you changed your whole entire face exactly which you did but not yeah. Not and as much, you and I wouldn't notice it as much as, or maybe you would because you do it every day, but the average person wouldn't notice as much as the person that's doing the procedure. Yeah. And also just don't get it done wrong. Like do it right the first time. That is so important. Like take the time and have it done correctly the first time. And if you have someone that really screws it up, please don't go back to them. Like give them a chance, have them look at it and have them assess what they would do. 
But if you don't get a right, a good feeling from a person or you can tell, you can just tell when they don't feel confident or they're not injecting you in a confident way. Like feel brave enough to stop and say, listen, this isn't working for me. I'm going to. How I'm going to get that, another opinion and I'm going to come back. How does that work ethically between doctors, right? Where say you do a procedure and you're not happy with that procedure. And then I come to you and say, hey, so-and-so doctor did this. How does that, I mean, this is maybe more of a personal question and not a, so, you know, it's maybe not so useful for everyone else to know, but how do you navigate that without maybe having other doctors in your field pissed off or? Oh, it happens all the time. And our, my commitment is always to the patient. So I never badmouth any doctor. Like I have had bruises. I've had people get a lip asymmetry or something where I have to fix it. But I have that commitment to like always make it the best and the right way and fix it to the, you know, to the nth degree. So if I see a patient who's suffering and they need my help, I just help them. I'm happy to call the doctor and chat about like, what'd you use? What do you think happened? Do you mind if I fix it? So it's very collegial. You need to be collegial. And I do that. That's a great word. So I want to know, is there any place that you see people using filler and Botox that's not for beauty? Because I know you can get Botox in your armpits, which, sorry, Michael, I'm not going to do, and I'm not going to wear deodorant. <laughs> but is there any other areas that you see that aren't having anything to do with cosmetics or looks? Oh, uh, yeah, I do Botox for migraine. So that is amazing. Okay, now I'm hooked. Yes, you should. And I do it for um, lots of patients, 95% effective. So if you're someone who's had to take migraine pills your whole life, and you have that fear of like, oh my God, it's a migraine coming. Because people who have migraines, they are so fearful of when is the next migraine going to come. Yeah, I take, I like carry liquid, Advil, whatever, the yes, every that's day. Yes, it's so overwhelming. So Botox will cure that and now is FDA approved How? for that. How? Where? It's given in actually very similar positions to where we do cosmetic Botox. Sometimes I feel like it's, you know, the occipital. I do that too. That's where I feel like I can feel it coming on and I feel like it wraps around my... It does. So when we do Botox for migraines, I'll Botox the forehead, around the eyes, the temples, the back of the skull, the back of the neck, and sometimes the trapezius, people who get the muscle tension. See, Lauren, if you would have told me I could do Botox for headaches, I would have done that. You would have signed up. I would have been in, but like, you know, I get the aesthetics. I should have been more strategic. And then TMJ. So people who suffer from TMJ, if you're clenching your jaw, grinding, if you're getting really square in your lower face because your masseters are super prominent, the masseters are the most strong muscles of the body. And they're, you can literally feel that if you put your two fingers at the back of your angle of your jaw and bite down, you should feel a little muscle pop. You feel that, mm -hmm. everybody? Yes, that's your masseter. And if it pops a lot or if you look ra relatively kind of masculinized and square and heavy down there, I can Botox that, number one, to slim the face and give you a pretty oval appearance, more feminine. And that's super popular, like in Koreans right now. And a lot of women, all my women are getting that done. In Korea, they're doing, and I've been reading a lot about this because I, I just get obsessed with all different kinds of research. They're doing like a full body overhaul. <laughs> Have you heard about this? <laughs> Where they go and they just get everything done at once. I heard that two women <laughs> got stopped at the airport because their passport pictures didn't look like anything like them after all their procedures and they wouldn't let them leave the airport. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> the amount of modification that they did was insane. It's nuts. It's it's very different, and, and it's a it's a very distinct look. I yeah. think they're they they want like a very very specific look. Yeah, I'm not after that. But oh, and also so Botox for TMJ yes. that helps um, for the neck bands. So if you're someone who notices if you're an athlete and you're lifting and clenching and you get these lines vertical bands down the neck, we call them platysmal bands. So that's a nice use of Botox. 
And then it's used all kind of places, like for people who have a hand tremor, for people who have um, bladder spasms, Botox is used for that. It's kind of insane, the, the amount of uses that are And available. what about filler? Anything that doesn't have to do with beauty? Uh, filler is used for urinary incontinence. So okay. like if you're a woman and you have a little bit of leaking when you cough, they sometimes put filler around the urethra to tighten that so that stops that problem. Speaking of coughing... Um, so Michael has wanted to ask you this and then you walked in and said that you had a couple tips for him. Michael has a fake cough that he does every morning and it's pretty distinct and I've had to hear it for the last, um, hundred years. Don't you feel (laughs) what we, don't you feel like sometimes like you just got to get up in the morning and like cough and like clear the pipes? No one feels like that. No, I think a lot of my patients feel like that actually. (laughs) You just like got to like, I feel like I got to get the... Do it so everyone can No, I can't just... Just do it. I need to hear a sample. (coughs) Okay, that's totally an allergy cough. But okay, so we were talking about this before we did the podcast and I went and did the skin. I showed you my crazy skin reaction. Yes. Like that was wild. You showed her everything about you. She has your whole like MD (laughs) thing, your migraines. Yeah, yeah, we're going to get into it. But um, so I showed you that. But then, so because I had this crazy skin reaction that I haven't really told a lot of people about, it was years ago, uh, I had a crazy skin reaction. I went and got an allergy test where they put the patches on you. Yes. And <laughs> well, the thing with those allergy tests is, yes, they've tested you for the top 60 or 70 antigens in Southern California. Like I do those tests on patients, but okay. there's not 70 antigens. There's 1 million things you could be allergic to. So what do you think that I could be allergic to? Maybe me because I'm sleeping next to you. I thought coffee. it was maybe someone told me that it was my adrenals with coffee, maybe. But then I stopped doing that. and I was No, you need to just take an allergy pill every day. So if you want to know if you have allergies, there's two approaches. That one worries is, me, though. One is test you and pinpoint and spot something. But sometimes people cough from non-allergic rhinitis, like fumes make you cough, perfumes, freeway dust, newspaper dust. So you could have non-allergic rhinitis. That would also not show up on your skin And is this something that's concerning or is this more just like irritating? It's more just like phlegm that gets produced and trickles down the back of your throat and then so, you clear it. So now that everyone knows about your phlegm and your cough. Um, you know what? I've had a lot of people reach out to me saying, hey, like, don't tell you Lauren, guys don't but reach I got out the same him. thing. Please, you know I what? can't You come it. see me and I'll, I'll look with the camera down your throat and make sure it looks all nice and clear oh, and perfect. Oh, that'll be, that'll be wonderful <laughs> for I won't be there. And I'll know you inside out. <laughs> no, I'm, yeah, we're coming in. We're going to yeah, do the I headache clearing. Okay. We're going to get the, the Maybe cough. some Botox. Okay, but what happens with the, you know, I told you I got that pressure in the ear. Yes. That's allergies too my session now (laughs) (laughs) don't worry lots of your listeners have i really like how you've utilized social media yes just to i think it's showing awareness and what's happening and knowledge and i think knowledge is power so how have you used instagram to showcase some of these procedures in a way where it makes it not so taboo you're putting it out there you're showing people that it doesn't have to be like the secret that just celebrities are doing well, I have loved Instagram this year. I've only actually been on it for maybe a year, year and a half. And um, I just started it to spy on my kids, actually. <laughs> so, but, and, you know, I started posting for my office and I realized it's an amazing educational vehicle. And I really like to do videos because I feel like it invites patients in to watch something that they have no access to. And that otherwise they just get to see weird results. So they're seeing like the housewives and, you know, bloated weird faces. But I want you to see that plastic surgery done correctly and fillers and Botox done correctly are done every day on the most beautiful women in the world. Like I see some of the most beautiful models in the world and I can't discuss who they all are, but like it's interesting when it's done right like the Christy Brinkley's and Cindy Crawford's of the world, like these women age appropriately, gracefully, and they look amazing. 
I love that. Let's end on that. You're amazing. We'd love to have you back on. Where can everyone find you? Well, I'd love you to follow me at my Instagram, which is beauty by Dr. K, D-R-K-A-Y. And um, Snapchat, Dr. D-R underscore K-A-Y. And your office, if they want to book with you, can they do it through Insta? Through Instagram or just phone us. We use the regular phone, too. And we're in Pasadena. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Have you heard of that? <laughs> right by the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, beautiful Los Angeles. And I got to come see you for my hyperpigmentation. And you can see Michael totally separately for his big cough. <laughs> I won't be there. Thank you for coming on. I'm so happy to come. And thanks for having me. And I'll be in getting my cough and headaches fixed. Whoa. <laughs> GTD. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, guys. Just a few things before you take off. Do you want a short email from me? Tipsy Thursday is a quick email with lots of value that includes five tips straight from me. My favorite song of the week, show, book, wellness tip, random hacks, and lots of beauty tips, of course. It's super short, straight to the point, just a little TSC aperitif for you. To check it out, just go to theskinnyconfidential.com and click Lauren Everett's and then subscribe. Drop your email in and you will get the next one next week. Secondly, giveaway time. As always, we do this every week. To win the TSC Body Guide, simply tell me your favorite part of this episode on my latest Instagram. And lastly, as always, if you guys rate and review the podcast, please, please, please screenshot it and email it to asklauren at theskinnyconfidential.com, Lauren with a Y, and we will send you my five top beauty hacks straight to your inbox. Thank you guys for your attention. We love you. We will see you next Tuesday. Go to members.theskinnyconfidential.com and use code him and her at checkout for 20% off to all listeners. Like I said, you can find my full-blown meal plan. I wrote down everything I ate for two weeks and put it in this meal plan. It's also a fitness guide. The workouts are straight to the point, super quick, 27 minutes plus intervals. There's also a community of women who are connecting on the platform And it's just really the ideal health and wellness experience. Again, go to members.theskinnyconfidential.com and use code him and her for 20% off.